0: Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode.
1: I couldn't figure it out. So I made an appointment with a therapist. And I remember going to him and I remember sitting down and I remember saying to him, Daniel, I really wanna get smart about money. You've got to help me. I really wanna get smart. And he looked me in the eye and he said right to me, he said, no, you don't. And it was like, there was a part of me that I couldn't argue. It was like, he hit something in me. He hit and that's the first time I realized there were parts of me that, We're afraid that if I got smart, my parents would disown me, that I would lose everything. It's better to let my husband do that than, than me. And that my biggest fear was that a man wouldn't love me if I was financially successful. And it was only by working on those blocks and releasing them.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. I have my mastermind sisters here with us and Barbara Hewson. She is the author of seven best selling books with a powerful teaching for women in each one. Her message is simple it's to teach women the secret wisdom of creating wealth and asserting power. As her story goes, she grew up relying on her father, the R of H&R Block, then her husband to manage her inheritance. But early in the marriage, she found out her husband was a compulsive gambler. She explained she continued to let him handle all of the finances because that's how scared and intimidated she was by money at first. Soon after, she received a tax bill for over $1 million for illegal deals from her ex-husband, He had left the country. She didn't have anywhere close to 1 million and her father wouldn't lend her the money. She had three daughters and one baby at the time. That's when Barbara knew she had to get smart and she did. So today, Barbara is here to share her journey to financial independence in hopes of inspiring and even better motivating us to become smart or smarter with money and earn more than we're making now. It's much simpler and more in control than we may even Realize So Barbara, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I think in everyone's head right now, they're like, okay, so your husband's, he fled the country. And so how did you manage to go from not being in a great place with money from a $1 million tax bill to being in a really great place financially with freedom in your life and now teaching women
1: about money? Damn, <laughs> it's, it was an incredible experience. Um, I I mean, I put for 15 years, I knew he was a compulsive gambler and I knew he was gambling my inheritance away and I continued to let him do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And after our divorce and after I got over a million dollars in tax bills, I was just terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And every time I'd go to the bank it said, "Sorry, no money, sorry, no money." I wasn't talking to my parents because they wouldn't lend me the money and wouldn't help me, which I have since thanked my father for for not lending me the money. That was the best thing he could have done. But at the time, I was furious, but I was scared. And so what I did is I went to classes and I read the books, all those things you're supposed to do, and my eyes would glaze over, and my brain would fog up. And I just felt terminally, stupid but I knew I had to get smart because I had these three kids and I did not want to raise them on the street and people say you would never be on the street oh it to me at that time and I wasn't talking to my parents it felt very real to me. I didn't know what I was going to do but I swear to God I was committed I was committed because of my children I had a spiritual teacher say to me if you can't do it for you, Do it for someone you love more than you. And my children became my motivation, but I didn't know how, but I believe when you make a commitment, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. And the damnedest thing happened. I I was a, a journalist at the time and I was writing for the San Francisco Business Times. And out of the blue, I was hired for a research project to interview women who were smart, with money. And those interviews changed my life. As I heard their stories, how they all went from feeling ignorant to being smart about money because no one pops out of the womb understanding how to manage money. When I heard their stories, it changed everything. And that's when I started to get smart too. And it was so interesting because I not only got smart, but I wrote my first book and my first book was based on those early interviews and what i realized in that book from from what the interviews with all those women who were smart with money what i realized it wasn't so much what they
2: did it was how they thought and when i shifted my thinking everything changed
1: mm-hmm. and that was the the thesis for the first book prince charming isn't coming how women get smart about money And the interesting thing is my last book, my seventh book, which my first book came out in 1997 and it's still selling, which is amazing. My Mm -hmm. last book came out last in 2021 and it was called Rewire for Wealth. And it was all about how to change your thinking. It took me like 25 years to figure out how you can scientifically change your thinking.
0: And this was, you already started to... Reach financial levels that felt
1: good to you before the thinking changed? Well, no, no, it changed over time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: After I, I wrote, read that, after I did those interviews, I started incorporating those changes into my thinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like the it's like the 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 veils lifted, and I could suddenly see and I could suddenly understand money. And it just, it was a gradual process. It didn't happen overnight, but I started to understand money. I started to make money. I started to manage money. And it's just like, there were times when I thought, who is this woman? Who is she? (laughs) Yeah. And I just feel like God gave me that family. God gave me that husband because this was my purpose. This is what I was here to do. Yeah. Empower women financially.
0: And you always say that problems with money are never about money.
1: And what do you mean by that? If you look at any situation, any problem with money, you will see it's not the money that's the problem. And I saw this with so many women I interviewed. It was their their fear of or ambivalence about power that kept them. So problems with money are not about money. They're about power. I. Def- it's about who we have to become to become a good steward of our money. Uh, I, I define a powerful woman as someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. So essentially, our fear of power is our fear of becoming all of who we're meant to be instead of watering ourselves down. So we don't make waves. I
0: love that you talk about a spiritual aspect to your money evolution and your relationship and your, your path to, to wealth. Tell me about that spiritual piece and what it's done for you. And I remember specifically in, in sacred success, you talk about a book that has really helped you as well.
1: I discovered in 1982, The Course in Miracles. I don't know if anybody's familiar with The Course of Miracles. The Course of Miracles is a spiritual text. It's like this big. It is really, really hard. Emma, I just love your facial expressions. I
2: get such a kick out of you.
1: She's loving it. <laughs> you are so much fun. I bet you'd be great at a party, but I digress. but but this but that course in miracles is a spiritual text that was channeled and i can talk more about it in the story if you're interested how it came to be but what the course in miracles is it's a course in mind training because it is says it is our mind that and how we think that creates our reality The Course says there are no idle thoughts. Every thought is creating something. And so through that and discovering and and after interviewing those women, I really did learn how to train my mind to, to think differently. And as I did that, everything changed.
2: Everything changed.
1: And so it was more than just doing the
0: steps you had to change the way you were thinking that you talk about and rewire for wealth
1: i really believe i really believe that financial success is not just a practical process not just you know knowing the difference between a stock and a bond and knowing how to negotiate that that's important but if you have trouble like i did then it's really then i believe financial success becomes a four-pronged process along with the practical there is the inner work of wealth which is dealing with the psychological and the emotional there is the higher work of wealth which is the spiritual i believe we are all on this planet for a purpose but we can't possibly pursue our purpose and play full out if we're drowning in debt or struggling to make ends meet. So it's yeah. understanding why we're here, why we want to create wealth, why we want to make more money. What is that purpose? And the fourth, the fourth prong of this is what I call the deeper work of wealth, which is the mind brain connection. Yes.
0: And I always talk to this mastermind group and then anyone that I come across with about the financial conversation, like money is energy. It's more than just like what you said, understanding bonds and understanding like the logistics. It's it's how we think about it, it's how we relate to it. And you talk about three levels of financial development that as women we can understand and we can practice. Can you go into those for us?
1: Yes. And before I do, let me just say that money's energy. Everything is energy. We are energy. The tree outside is energy, the chair you're sitting on. So, therefore, if you want to have more of whatever you want, then you have to vibrate at a higher energy. And if you can look at financial success as not just a practical, but an energetic process so that you can attract higher levels, but that wasn't the question. So, the question was there are three levels of financial development. Let me say what they are and just a little bit about it. The first level is survival, stability, and affluence. Survival is not enough. Stability is just enough. And affluence is more than enough. To go from survival to stability, from not enough to just enough, the key here is you must have a profit motive sounds obvious, but you must love money. Money's a good thing. You want money. So many, especially women on a spiritual path, tend to think that wanting money is bad or the people who have it are bad. So it's very important to go from survival to stability to really get that profit motive wired in. But what I found, what I realized to go from stability to affluence is a different process. Yes, you start with a profit motive, but a profit is not the primary goal
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of this. The primary goal of affluence is the primary goal is is no longer profit. It is greatness. Mm. It's achieving greatness. And I define greatness, paraphrasing a quote by Fred Buchner, greatness is that place where your deep gladness doing what you were put on this earth to do where your deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger mm, that is so good can you repeat that greatness is that place where your deep gladness doing what you were put on this planet to do pursuing your god-given purpose where your your where that meets the world's deep hunger.
0: Mm. So if a woman or a man, well, let's talk about ladies today. Is in well, a I struggle. don't know
1: anything about men other than my husband.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't work with men. I don't interview men. So don't ask me about men.
0: Sorry, guys, you're on your own. Okay, ladies, if we're at this survival place with our finances where we don't have enough and it's creating just havoc in our nervous system and we feel yeah. unstable, would you say we need to move through stability first or can we set our sights on greatness and skip right to
1: influence? Um, no, there's there's healing that needs to be done. That mm-hmm. if you're at all in, as uh, you said, your, you've, your nervous system is destabilized. If you have any kind of trauma or any kind of blocks or distorted beliefs that are keeping you from that stability, from having enough, then you have to go through the healing. You can't jump over. It. I tried, believe me, I tried. Everything changed for me. I was trying, you know, I got divorced. I, 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 I did all my, I, I interviewed those women. I was doing great. I was getting my financial act together. And all of a sudden I just slipped. It's like, I, it just, there was this breakdown and it's, I stopped doing what I needed to do. I went in total resistance. I couldn't figure it out. Mm. So I made an appointment with a therapist and I remember going to him and I remember sitting down and I remember saying to him, Daniel, I really want to get smart about money. You've got to help me. I really want to get smart. And he looked me in the eye and he said, right to me, he said, no, you don't. And it was like, there was a part of me that I couldn't argue. It was like he hit something in me. He hit, and that's the first time I realized there were parts of me that uh, were afraid that if I got smart, my parents would disown me, that I would lose everything. It's better to let my husband do that than, than me. And that my biggest fear was that a man wouldn't love me if I was financially successful. And it was only by working on those blocks. And releasing them that I just finally soared.
0: Yeah, and Barbara is the wisest woman in wealth that I know. Oh. I would love to bring a teaching that I give this mastermind group, and and see if you can poke some holes in it, or if it feels supportive. That as women, we are abundant at our core. Like wealth is who we inherently are at our birthright, but we have like layers of like you said, the trauma or the limiting beliefs. Or the energy stuck in us that is blocking that more than we have to become someone else before we can become wealthy what would you say
1: are you asking me or are you asking them
2: I'm asking you what you think oh it's- you're asking me oh yes can you I was waiting for everyone else to answer <laughs>
1: um I believe everyone on I believe that we are born to be abundant beings and it's so interesting I that, that literally, as women, money is our birthright. Do you know the name money came from the Roman goddess Moneta? And <laughs> she... Love that. Her, her I think her Greek name was Juno. But she, what the first mint was in her temple, Moneta. It is our birthright. But most of us have what I have called toxic wealth syndrome. In other words, it has been conditioned out of us. We have had beliefs implanted in us, whether from the family or the church or society or the patriarchy, that we can't, we shouldn't. We don't want it. There's just been so many beliefs. So that's the real work. The real work of wealth is getting past those old, outmoded, false
2: beliefs.
1: And when, so your book
0: secrets of six figure women, I, it's always a toss up, which is my favorite book. It probably depends on, on the day, but I love them all. But in this book, you interviewed six figure women. And my, my question is what is the biggest surprise that you had Mm. when you were, cause you weren't yet to this level of influence and financial status they were, you were interviewing them. So when you were
1: talking with them, like what surprised you? Well, the first thing that surprised me is that I started making six figures before I even finished writing the book because it based on those interviews. And that's shocked the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I interviewed 154 of them. There were several big surprises. Okay, two, but let me start with the biggest surprise. So these women who made six and seven figures, they were supremely confident, and I expected them to be. What I didn't expect is as we got deeper into the interviews, every single one, virtually every single one struggled with fear, struggled with self-doubt. 95% felt like a fraud, uh, terrified people would find out. And I thought, Jesus, that's exactly how I felt, (laughs) just like them. But what I saw is they didn't let the fear or the doubt or feeling like a fraud stop them. Mm. They did it anyway. And that was the biggest thing. The number one requirement as I learned from those women to going to the next level in anything, but especially in earnings, is the willingness to be uncomfortable, the willingness to do what you don't want to do, the willingness to be scared and do it anyway. You know, it, it's interesting. I asked these women, every one of them, are you doing what you're doing for the money? Everyone but one. Everyone but one said, no, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing it for the my passion, for the recognition, for the challenge, because it's fun. But at the same time, they said something that was really stuck with me. They said that at the same time, I damn well want to be well compensated because I know I'm worth it. And I realized that was equally important is to really owning my value, to really feeling my worth. And uh, I would stand, I would stand in front of the mirror and I would say, God damn it, you're smart, Barbara. Oh, you, you got this girl, you got this. I would do things like that and it, I would laugh and it would feel silly, but I noticed, I noticed my, my confidence rising. So when you can do that, and it's by doing what you fear, that's the thing, by doing what you fear, and even if you fall down, you get back up, but eventually you succeed, that's where confidence comes from. There's a saying I heard when I was in college, and I never forgot it, confidence is a memory of success, and Mm -hmm. success in anything always lies just outside our comfort zone. I love
0: that. For women in their business or in their life or in their work who are under earning, is there anything else besides the confidence, the dancing with fear, the doing it anyway that you would say we have to implement to get where we want to be financially?
2: Yeah.
1: The first step in overcoming under earning is telling the truth, telling the truth about what's not working. Mm. I noticed when I interviewed these six-figure women, seven-figure women, many of them were former under earners. And, but their financial success was always preceded by a financial challenge. Under earners don't want to deal with a the challenge. They'll go into resistance. They'll avoid. They'll, I don't want to deal with this. Which, like me, high earners. It's by addressing the challenge, telling the truth about what's not working. That's when the process starts. You don't need to have a solution in place. You don't even need to figure it out. That's the magic. You just need to say this isn't working. Uh, As I think it was Kissinger who said, "A problem ignored is a crisis invited." Yes. And the the problem is, research shows that most women do not get serious, really serious about making or managing more money until they hit a crisis, until they lose a spouse, they lose a job, or they're on the brink of retirement, which is the worst time to start.
0: That's when we have to ask what's not working. Barbara, I was so drawn to your message when I first met you and then dove into your books because I was, I had to ask myself, my financial success was preceded by financial challenge. I was, I remember it was just three years ago. I was in my apartment and I couldn't run the heat. I owned a home, but I had it rented out. I had left a relationship that I was depending on someone else to handle the finances. And I couldn't run the heat because I was broke. And I was like, what? And I had a, a nursing degree and a great job. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, I'm not taking responsibility and I'm not being honest with myself. And so when I read this in your book, I was like, that's exactly what I went through. And then that, that greatness started to inspire me of like, wait a minute. Cause I wasn't really motivated too much by myself. I was like, well, if I can just get by, if I can get to, you know, that level of stability, but to get to influence like that greater picture And so women who are under earning, would you say that's where they need to set their sights on like the world's greatest need to, to be their, their greatest joy and like how they can serve in
1: that capacity? Well, I think that's an important component because when you have a strong why, it's like the how it automatically shows up. It's important to have a strong why, but it's also important to look at what is standing in the way of you and success. Yeah. and it could be something physical for me interviewing those women i realized that my second marriage that my second marriage sucked it wasn't working at all and i did not want to admit that i did not want another divorce but i had to admit it and it took me a while to do something about it but just the admission of it so yeah to look at what's standing in the way of you and success and it could be something external or it could be something internal it could be like not taking responsibility it could be these uh these ideas these these beliefs that we have been um conditioned in our brain um it could be anything but it's looking at what is standing in the way of me and which i desire there's See now I'm
0: like, okay, I think maybe sacred success is my favorite. It was Rewire for Wealth. And now it's your interview with six-figure women. You talk about success in a way that's different than the patriarchy. It's not this grind. It's not this flex and show up and, you know, just find anything that'll make you money. You talk about success in a way that's sacred. How do you
1: define sacred success? So I wrote the book Sacred Success. Let me just give a little backstory to it. So I I had Eve, I had written Secrets of Six-Figure Women. I was making six figures. I was giving overcoming under-earning workshops, written my next book, Overcoming Under-Earning. I was doing really well. And one night I woke up in the middle of the night after making six figures for years. And I said, I have a new goal. I want to make millions, help millions, and give millions. That was my new goal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought I knew how I was going to do it. I was going to interview women who made millions. And that was going to be my next book. I had no trouble finding women who made millions. I had all these amazing interviews but 3 years later I had no book. I was nowhere near this was 2009. I was probably one of the lowest five years financially I had. And what I did and and I had a and my I had a coach I was working with at the time. Oh, there's a baby, Tiffany. You <laughs> baby. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I love babies. <laughs> Okay. He is a cutie. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Um, so I, got, I, dig, I digress again. Okay, so I, uh, I had a coach say to me, you're too into doing, Barbara. You need time for just being. And I went, on a, I went on a retreat, a four-day retreat. and I took all my transcripts of my interviews with me. I just felt like I was missing something in those interviews. And what I realized is that's when I discovered that these women who were making seven and eight figures were playing a very different game than what the world, men, models. And mm-hmm. I called this game sacred success. And sacred success means pursuing your sole
2: purpose for your own bliss and the benefit of others while being richly rewarded. And when I started
1: looking at it differently, and I started say, looking at it like, okay, I'm going for greatness. Yes, I intend to be richly rewarded. Yes, my intention is. But I was more focused on my purpose. Success became more spiritually focused mm-hmm. while, while still having that strong intention.
0: Would you say that finding your soul's purpose is a spiritual process? It's not a business plan or mapping it out with a financial
1: advisor? Um, You know, it's so interesting. I had a coach one time years ago and I wanted to help her have me help her have her help me do a business plan. And we started off looking for my purpose. What's my purpose? And I said, wait, I want to do a business plan. She said, that's the that's the foundation of a business plan, because how can you have a successful business if you're running at odds with what you're here to do? with what your soul desires to do. So uh, I think finding your purpose and the purpose can be a big global initiative, you know, world peace, but it could be just something like spreading joy or having fun. It, it whatever is here that, I thought my purpose, I thought my purpose until I wrote Sacred Success, I thought my purpose was to financially empower women. Mm. But after those interviews, I realized that's, my, that's not my purpose. Money is just a metaphor. It's a metaphor. And what I wanted was to be a spiritual teacher, hmm. to integrate spiritual practices with wealth building, which I believe made that the, 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 the root, your foundation, your financial foundation so much stronger.
0: Yes. I love that. And that is one of the many reasons that I really love following your work and see you as such a great teacher. So what's the number one requirement for upping your earnings as a woman is spirituality. Does that come into play?
1: The number one requirement and yeah, spirituality comes into to play for sure, but not maybe in the way you think the number one requirement is what the one I said is you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to go where you fear. You have to, there's something I called a high earner slogan. They all said, anytime they got an opportunity, anytime someone asked them to do some things, they always said, if it's not illegal or immoral, I just say yes. That's how you succeed. You do the things you're scared to do. Now, it's a spiritual practice because if you're only trusting yourself, you're going to be really scared.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: if you bring in your higher power, universal consciousness, whatever you want to call God, Goddess, all that is when you bring that in, it makes doing what you fear. It gives it a whole different meaning.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember when I was in my apartment And I couldn't run the heat. And I was in layers, cuddled up with my Husky and my Weimaraner, taking hot baths to stay warm. I remember hearing just the spirit speak over me and and say, Jen, give me two years in your life. And it it was literally two years of, I can see, I I never put the words in this way, but all the practices that you're saying, I was like in this (laughs) ingrained in the spiritual path. Like that's where God took me. And I can tell that your work is so channeled and so connected spiritually, because this is like how the universe guides us naturally. If we plug in and if if we connect and it is our, it is our birthright.
1: The key key is to be able to plug in and to connect. Yeah. And that's why what we were, I think we talked about, we were talking before you started Mm -hmm. the recording but how you have learned that you don't need to be constantly busy and constantly doing to succeed. And that's the real key is to have those patches of stillness where you can, because the ego always speaks first, always speaks loudest, and its job is to keep you safe. And it does that by instilling fear. Mm -hmm. The soul, the soul, which is your direct connection to spirit, your soul knows you're safe. Your soul wants you to shine. Your soul wants you to soar. And, but the soul is very quiet. So you need to get quiet too. You need to have stillness to listen to what your soul is telling you.
0: Yeah. When I first met you, um, a part of Kate Northrop's mastermind retreat, you came and spoke and you told us, I remember it because it just lit me up and reminded me about this need for Connecting higher. You talked to us about a solo retreat you took in a hotel room by yourself. And that's when you began writing. How did that this trip and that time of connection begin to shift your life?
1: I I began writing sacred success in that hotel room. What happened is I started to, I think I'd said that I couldn't, I, I thought I was going to write a book on how to make millions. And that's what I was going to make. And and I, 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 three years later, I had nothing, no, no millions, no book. No, I mean, I was a <laughs> mess. And that's when I took a retreat and that's when I got quiet. And that's when I discovered Sacred Success. Mm. It just came to me. And, and I started downloading Sacred Success. I came home from that retreat and I remember... <laughs> The, the sprinkler system, we have an automatic sprinkler system and it went off at like three in the morning and it woke me up and I started downloading. I just started downloading. And,
2: and before I wrote
1: Sacred Success, it took me seven years to write Sacred Success because it terrified me because I didn't want to come out of my spiritual closet. I thought, here I am teaching finances. And, and I was speaking to financial firms and they're all going to think, what kind of, <laughs> what is she? What kind of weirdo is she? I love it. But it's like, I started downloading and I remember my husband on this went on for four days and and the third day my husband looks over and he sees my I'm wide awake and it's three in the morning and he goes what are you doing I'm go,
3: i downloading
1: and I would go down and I would I would type up what I wrote and it was like that was sacred success.
0: I am looking for four women and maybe you're one of them. Here's how you're no, I want you to pay attention to your body, lighting up at the following opportunity. As I speak it to you, have you been feeling a feminine energy disconnect in your life? Do you find that you continually perform produce and persevere? No matter the circumstances, are you feeling drained, restrained, and stuck in mundane structures in your life? Do you have chronic health ailments and do you feel like you're always pushing, striving and stressing to reach results? This is an example of feminine energy disconnect. So for example, you might be feeling hormonal imbalance, chronic inflammation, disconnected from your intuition, shielding yourself from emotions and love and the good and the bad trying to reach you, ignoring your own body's rescues because it doesn't feel safe, disengaged from your menstrual cycle, sexuality, or the moon. And last but not least, do you some days feel like a control freak? The divine feminine is calling all of us to stop forcing and to start flowing in a state of ease and bliss. Our bodies are ready to heal ladies and our minds are ready to be set free. I want to offer you a different kind of medicine. That is why I'm inviting you to our women's retreat April 23rd through the 28th in Yalapa, Mexico. This is a six day and five night expansive healing journey offered in Mexico's best hidden secrets. Yalapa is a small cove surrounded by nature, the ocean, the jungle, and a private beach just two minutes away from where we're staying. I'm calling all women pre, peri, and post-menopausal to come open up the valve to your feminine energy and revive your female spirit. Because once you tap into the sacred sacral energy, you open the doors to manifesting a rich and abundant life of markedly improved health, deeper relationships, creativity, purpose, passion, and pure bliss. Is your body lighting up yet? Mine sure is. And I would love to have you there. So you'll get your own or with a roomy private view, ocean room, organic, clean food, you know, if you've been listening to the show, I am all about the nutrition and the nutrition here is symptomless. Gen improved. We'll have daily yoga, functional, integrative medicine sessions, cycle syncing and hormone learning, pelvic floor, healing, meditation, private sessions with massage or Watsu divine feminine breath work, somatic dance excursions. You can go into town. There's waterfalls. We have a shaman coming. There's a chemical free pool and hot tub, two beaches within a walk. There's a poolside juice and smoothie bar. The retreat campus is alcohol free. And then we will do a retreat prep call and guided pre-healing to get everyone prepared. So just imagine yourself creating change from a loving space to truly embrace and shift into the reality you desire. Honoring yourself as the sacred divine feminine you are in bringing vitality back into your body. Imagine yourself appreciating the bliss in every season of your life, synchronizing with life's miracles and radiating a frequency of abundance and reclaiming yourself work. This is exactly what will happen when you embody this retreat experience with us. So check out the link in the show notes to reserve your spot. We have just a couple spots left. And I would love for you to be one of them while they are available. And as always, if you have questions, you can ask them on the retreat form link in the show notes. That I get, I can, now that I know how you, how you wrote it, it makes so much sense. There's just a a complete euphoria about that book and the sense of being held and the sense of like, Mm -hmm. like God just like took a message and (laughs) ready or not, you got to be awake Barbara. Here it comes and onto the pages. So thank you for doing that work for us so that we could all, we could all have it. Okay. But your, your latest book rewire for wealth is equally as powerful and as beautiful has some neuroscience. I like to geek out. What is, what do you love most about your latest book, Rewire for Wealth?
2: I always,
1: every book I've ever written, I'm never an expert. I'm, I, people write books because they're experts, not me. I write books because I want to learn it. Mm. And what happened, I saw that my, I just had this feeling that I could help women, I could really expedite the learning curve somehow. I just felt there was more. There was more that I wasn't getting. And I was feeling very frustrated. And I was praying. I was praying, there's more. I know it, but I can't figure out what it is. And one day, an article about neuroscience showed up in my inbox. I knew nothing about neuroscience, nothing. But I swear, I read that article and I know my brain lit up like a Christmas tree. And it said, this is it. This is what you've been searching for. So I spent, I don't know, four or five years studying neuroscience and applying it to me and to my clients. And I came up with a three, a very simple three-step process to train your mind, to reprogram your brain for wealth and well-being and really whatever else you want.
2: What are those? favorite steps.
1: Do I? What
2: are the three steps? We share them? Okay. Yeah, I'll do So these okay.
1: three steps, I'm going to share the three steps. I'm going to share them. They are so simple. I mean, it's so freaking simple, but it's so, it takes massive effort at the beginning. If you can do these steps consistently for say two or three weeks, you're home free.
2: Mm-hmm. And the three steps are Recognize, reframe, respond differently. Mm. Let me explain. But before I
1: explain, let me just give a little explanation. Your brain is responsible for your choices, for your behavior. Your brain determines your behavior. Everything you do, everything you say, everything you see, everything you think is determined by the way your brain is wired. Mm -hmm. And the brain is this organ in your head, right? Your mind is not an organ in your head. It's an intangible source of thought and feeling. And it is the thought and feelings that come from your mind that go to your brain and shape your brain. Mm, Those thoughts and feelings Talk to these nerve cells, and the nerve cells talk to each other. Oh, there's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough. And they form this neural pathway, and this neural pathway goes so deep. And before you know it, your brain will not see and will not hear and will not do anything that doesn't conform to its beliefs, to those neural pathways. So the idea is to change the neural pathways. So this is how you use your mind to re your brain. So the first step, recognize, reframe, respond differently. So the first step is to recognize the thoughts that are causing you problems, that are creating behaviors that you don't want. So let's say you're you can't you have a thought, there's never enough,
2: or I'm not enough. So you keep thinking those thoughts and that suddenly, That's, that's it. You will start doing and creating things
1: unconsciously to prove not enough. But here's what you do. So you recognize the thought, but you recognize it in a certain way. You recognize it with curiosity. Mm. Isn't that interesting? I'm having a thought. There's never enough. Or isn't that interesting? I'm having a thought that I'm not enough. What and when you phrase it, isn't that interesting, I'm having a thought about, it separates you from your thought. When you say, there's not enough, you say it as if it's true, but it's not. It's just a decision you made that became a belief. So when you say, isn't that interesting, I'm having a thought about, you separate yourself from that thought. And it's an important step in order to do this second one. And the second step is you reframe. It's how can you see this? There, there's a prayer. and there, There's a lesson in A Course of Miracles that I use as a prayer when I reframe. Above all else, how can I see this differently?
2: Mm.
1: So what you do is you reframe it to a more positive way to view it. There's plenty. There's more than enough. I'm plenty. I'm more than enough. I, I can handle this. It's whatever. You create an affirmation. So every time you recognize that you're having a thought about, you reframe it and say the positive affirmation to yourself. Do you believe it? No, of course you don't. Of course you don't. (laughs) But when you first heard there's never enough, you didn't believe it either until your parents kept saying it over and over and over and over and you started believing it. That's so true. It's true. So you start, you keep saying to yourself, there's plenty, there's more than enough. And then you respond differently as if that reframe is true. And you respond differently. You do things that don't feel natural. So people who say, but if there's never enough. So if there's more than enough Then I can go out and spend. No, that is your brain's way of keeping you not enough. So what you do is you reframe and do things that will support there's more than enough. You do things that will support that new belief you're trying to integrate in. And you do this. You do this for three weeks and you do it consistently because repetition is the key. You do this over and over. You will be amazed how things will
2: just shift.
0: Doing it. You said something really mind-opening for me about kids, kids and animals, they're never questioning where their next source of food, money, whatever comes from. Like that is something that we develop really from our caregivers. And then in the book, you talk about the difference between men and women. So for those of us who are, you know, have partners who might feel different about money, or we're working on our, our money beliefs, and they, maybe they're, they're not catching up. How do men and women differ in the way they process financial information? How can we understand our brains in that way?
2: Oh,
1: so many differences. But the, one of the biggest, I, I, one of my biggest, one of the biggest difference is what sent me in to writing this book is when I read that men and women process financial information differently. That when men look at the market and investing, they get all excited. They see it as a cool challenge. When women look at the market and investing, they see it as a threat. Mm. And what happens is whenever we feel threatened, uh, our survival mode is (laughs) is to go into fight, flight, or freeze. And that's what happens with women. And when I read that, that's when I knew I had to bring in neuroscience. I had to help women understand that when they see the threat, They have to change that the way they view the world.
0: That is amazing and so helpful as a woman to recognize it's not that our male counterparts are better, stronger, or smarter than us. They just, they see it more as a game. And we're, the way our brain is interpreting
1: finances can be different. They see it more as a game. They also feel it as a competitive challenge. Mm. Men invest and they give to be competitive, to be better than, to have their name is put somewhere. When, see, One of the problems for women is that once a woman has enough, enough to put food on the table, a roof over her head, maybe enough to get a mani-pedi, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> she's no longer motivated by money. Mm-hmm. What motivates women, we are not motivated by money, every woman I've seen. What motivates us is the opportunity to help others. Mm-hmm. back to our communities. That's what motivate us. That's why I believe that that whole premise of sacred success is so important. Is mm-hmm. When we have that strong, why that's what motivates us. It's not the money.
0: Yeah. Our definition of greatness can vary quite differently between men and women. I want to ask one question that can wrap us up before the ladies come in and ask their own questions. That I think is really important for, for busy women. We Most women are busy women, but what are three things a woman can do to get smart about money, especially when she's busy?
2: Uh,
1: so this is what I did. Not because I was busy, because I was scared, but it's really good for busy women. <laughs> so if you do these three things, you will be amazed at the end of a couple months how different your relationship with money will be because financial success, it's small steps consistently
2: taken that create the remarkable results. So first, every day, every day, read
1: something about money, even if it's just for a minute or two, especially just for a minute or two. You, you know, you just peruse the headlines of the business section of the paper. You're standing in line in the market and you pick up money, a money magazine, Chiplinger's, instead of people. Or you're going to bed at night. You read one paragraph in a book. Barbara's book, I, I suggest. <laughs> okay. You feel free. But what happens is I call it the osmosis school of learning. I, what I would do is I all these women I was interviewing for Prince Charming, So many of them subscribed to the wall street journal so i subscribed to the wall street journal well that sucker came every day i couldn't understand what it said so i took the finance section and i put it on the kitchen counter and every day i walk by it and i swear i swear by osmosis i started and i still do that if i don't have time to read the whole journal i'll just i'll just peruse the headlines so every day read something about money because it's just familiarizing yourself with the jargon and the current trends. Every day, read something about money. Every week, have a conversation about money, preferably with someone who knows more than you. Like those interviews were so eye-opening for me. And I, what I realized is people love to talk and they love to share. But we, I mean, we don't talk about money. We'll moan and groan and complain about it. hmm But when's the last time you sat down with a relative or a colleague or a friend and said, how did you get smart? What did you do that was helpful? What's the best advice that someone gave you? What's the worst advice they gave you? What is the biggest mistake you made? Uh, What's the smartest thing you did? Pick people's brains. And I started doing that. I mean, anybody I'd meet. Uh, Because it is our secrecy and silence that keeps us stuck. So every day read, every week talk, And every month save automatically, automatically have a small sum, start small if you're not used to saving, start small, automatically have money transferred from your checking account or payroll check to a checking, a savings account. It's amazing. You do not miss what you don't see. And that stuff adds up. It adds up remarkably fast. And it gets your brain in the habit of saving, because yeah. really, uh, Jacob Astor, a wealthy industrialist, once said, "Wealth is simply a matter of habit. It's all you need is to create the correct habits, the wealth-building habits, with the correct mindset,
2: and wealth is a done deal. Mm. It's available for us all. Uh, every single person. If
1: you look at what's standing in the way." of you and having love
0: and as women we can remember and be
1: willing to go what
0: as women we can remember what motivates us i just hearing you talk today i've seen points in my business where you know my team and i we've been trying to hit a profit goal and i feel burnt out and irritable but when we're trying to hit like a human goal like how many hearts how many lives how many symptoms can we improve what can we do it's just it's so fulfilling and then the numbers are beautiful
1: yeah. Or even if you're wise, how can I be more creative? How can I produce something that's really fun for me?
2: It can be about the other person, but it can be about you too. So, whatever lights you up. I love that. Barbara,
0: you are to date the wisest woman in wealth that I know. And I want to. Offer a few minutes for the women in the mastermind, Inspire Health Mastermind, to ask any questions that they have. Mindy put in the chat. She said, "My pattern app—it's a kind of astrology, human design app—just sent me a message on my Garmin today. Your perception may be heightened." And here we are.
1: Who said that? The pattern app—it's an app that
2: Mindy said that. Yeah. Oh, Mindy, do do you know what your pattern is? Do you know what the perception is heightened? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but
0: like clearly this perception is being heightened with money, thanks to you.
1: Oh, good, good. Because the Course says perception creates reality. It's how we see things. It's our interpretation. Everything is an interpretation. If you can change your perceptions, a miracle, According to the course, you create a miracle every time you have a shift in perception. And when you shift your thinking, when you change the way you see things, miracles occur. So cool, Mindy.
0: Thanks. All the synchronicities, That the recognize, reframe, respond, those three steps. So I think Emma
1: might have a question. I hope so, because I'd love to talk to Emma. I'd love to talk
2: to all of you. Hello. Um,
4: So how would you suggest stepping into the fears, traumas, blocks, and beliefs around money?
1: Can we talk about one trauma, belief, fear in particular? And we can
4: give me one of them. Um, Not enough.
1: So you have that
4: what was that sorry? Is that, is that a
1: belief of yours? There's not there's never enough. Yes. Where did that come? Where did
2: that come from? I would say my parents probably probably. How did it come yes. from your parents? <laughs> Laura. Laura says,
1: yes. It came from your parents.
2: Um, so, so
1: isn't that interesting? how you said it came from my parents, probably. How you wanted to diffuse it? notice how we all do that we all do that we get dismissive we diffuse we don't take our truths seriously and it says nothing about your parents they had their own journey they had their own that they were dealing with so how did it how did it how did they imprint that in you um
2: money doesn't grow on trees
1: And what happens when you hear that over and over again?
2: Um, Constriction in my body.
1: Yeah. Your body responds and you absolutely, it becomes a belief. In fact, because you learned it from your parents, we were wired for survival. That's the reason we are still here. After all these millions of years, we are still here because we know how to survive. And when... uh, Your survival as a child depends on conforming to your parents' beliefs because that's how you see they survived. So that belief has become a matter of survival in your brain. And so the way to do that is what I talked about is changing the message, realizing when you have the thought, having that intervention, oh, I'm having a thought about, isn't that interesting that there's never enough? And then what can your what can your affirmation be? What how can you reframe that? Because it, it has to be something personal
2: to you and works for you. Yeah, and, and, and unmute, yeah. I would say there's
4: always enough or I am fully supported in the desires. Does, does
1: that feel good to you? Does that feel does that resonate? I am fully
2: supported in my desires. There's a little bit of a setback with it. A little bit of resistance with that.
1: Is it resistance or it just doesn't ring true?
2: Maybe
4: it doesn't ring
1: true. So I would play with that, but try it out. I am always supported.
2: I'm always supported. I'm
1: always supported.
2: That feels good.
1: Yeah, the shorter you can make your reframe, the more effective it is. I'm always supportive. So every time there's never enough, I'm always supportive. And
2: then you respond as if you are. Thank you. And, okay, let's let's stop there. Let's let's get some more questions. (laughs) That was beautiful. It was really good. Don't be shy. Any other questions? Any, any comments? Anyone want to make a comment?
3: I a comment. Yeah, Laura. I, I was it. hoping. <laughs> well, and everybody knows me. I'm the widow of the group. And um, I, I liked your comment about, I won't get a date or whatever you said, if I'm too successful. And I have gotten dumped by multiple men here recently who have used those terms. You're too successful. You make too much money. You're too ambitious. Goodbye. And I'm like, yes, goodbye. So I'm learning how to do that too as well. But it's but when we're when
1: Emma's What what I would hope you would learn to do is change that belief. So you stop attracting those men.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We're working
1: on (laughs) attracting those men. You are falling for those men. Yes.
3: And it played into what Emma had to say about her parents, because that just went boom because we have a very patriarchy family where the male does all the supporting. And I went from my father's house to my husband's house and, and well, we were equal when we got married and then he became the main supporter. So that's a lot of reframe. And Emma brought that up. That was the first thing that hit target that I learned that the man is supposed to make the more money than the woman. And I have to get that to reframe and move out. Thanks for bringing that up today. How can you, Laura, reframe that? That's a really good question. I'm str- and, and Jen knows this, I'm struggling with this one a lot. Well let's let, um, let's wait 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 wait.
1: Just you're saying I'm struggling with this a lot. Your words are so powerful. The words that come out of your mouth and go through your head is what is affecting you more than anything. True. So even you're saying I'm struggling with that. I would invite you to stop saying that, because you're bringing in the struggle. Because you're, yeah, you're confirming I'm struggling. Because remember, you send messages to your brain, and your message, your brain says, "Oh, she's struggling." Okay, yeah, we, we'll help you with that, Laura. We'll help you. Yeah, we're going to keep you struggling. Okay, we're just going to fog you up every time you try to think of a refrain.
3: That's right. Um, I mean,
1: it, it works like that. Hmm. I, I really if you get nothing else out of this, that the words and the thoughts you use is what's creating your reality. So that's, how can you terrible. reframe? If if it wasn't a struggle, if it was easy, if it was just so easy, how could you reframe your belief about the man being the breadwinner, the successful one?
3: I guess you just simple as I am the breadwinner. <laughs> look at your face
1: did you see that That, yes as simple as that i am the breadwinner or i am successful i can be as successful as i desire that's right success is mine and if you can do the affirmation the reframe with i am do you know about i am affirmations how powerful. learning about them (laughs) So Wayne Dyer talks about this in one of his YouTube videos, but I I'd heard about this before him. There's a story that when Moses first talked to God, Moses asked God what his name was. And God said, I am that I am. So every time you do the, I am that, you are invoking God and it makes it more powerful which gives me chills. And I, I love that. And I believe it. And I, like, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll just go, I am happy. I am successful. I am healthy. I am
2: successful. I am a successful. I am more successful than I ever thought I could be, whatever. How does that feel, Laura?
3: Well, that makes it easy. <laughs> I'm all about, I have three sons. so It's gotta be easy. A short, simple sentence that starts with "I am" can be done. Beautiful. Yeah. Now look what happened. It was no struggle.
1: It happened, and and you said yeah. Jen can say she can say you. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. No, it's a struggle because you want it to be because it's it's a safety thing for you. It's self protection. Oh, I never thought about it that way. It's safer to struggle then have a desire and have a belief that may not come true. I'm, I'm projecting, I'm putting that in you, but that that's what I sense part of what could be going on. You're right. Thank you. That's an aha. Good, <laughs> good. So what I would love you to do, and you too, Emma, and any of you, is to write it on your, like I have my reframe that I'm working on now and it's I write it and I put it on a post-it note and I keep it right where I can see it. I can my my reframe is I can handle this because I'm doing a new project that scares the shit out of me, excuse me. But it's just scaring me. And I just keep going, I
2: can handle this, I can handle this, and I forget. So I have to have it written down. So I suggest you write it down. Ladies, anyone else? Be brave. I'll ask a question. Um
4: Barbara, thank you so much for all the information so far. I, I'm in a place where I'm kind of, I've had a successful corporate career and I'm now kind of stopping that and going into the realm of health coaching and energy healing and doing something completely different. What advice do you have for those of us that are kind of just starting over and maybe rebuilding some of that affluence that we had through the structure of the matrix and all of that into something completely new and that's cre- created by us? Excuse me.
1: Where do you think you need? Where, where is the weak link in this chain of going from corporate to being a health, wellness, energy healer?
4: Um, knowing what it is that I can offer, <laughs> I suppose. Going from really? someone else's structure into my own structure. Like, what is that thing? Maybe
1: that's the purpose.
4: What is Still coming mean? together.
1: You don't know what you have to offer, Carly? Really? <laughs> really? Well, I don't believe that um, for a second. What made hmm. you decide you wanted to be a health coach and an energy healer?
4: Um, Because I've had a healing, my own healing journey and the corporate job that I've been in has the resonance of it has just declined significantly and it just doesn't feel doesn't feel right anymore. Um, and I feel like I want to do something that I can give to the world myself and not in somebody else's
1: structure. What do you have? What do you have to give to the world that
2: gets you excited?
1: Um,
4: I mean, that's a good question. Um, I love to help people, um, love to see people heal in the way that I've experienced healing, uh, through work with Jen and
1: other things. Carly, you have firsthand personal experience to help people heal because you've healed. You have that. You, You didn't even go there first.
4: No, I think, and maybe what I'm struggling with a little bit is how do I translate that? And these ideas that I have that are, they're in this like simmering phase, right? I'm still still working part-time corporate trying to move into something new um and it's that my brain thinking of like how do i go from like change the source of abundance and still kind of build that oh, no no
1: you're trying to figure out way too much you're way ahead <laughs> oh no 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 you're you're light years ahead of where you need to be where you need to be is just think i remember when i first met jen and she told me that she was a healer she helped First thing she told me was her story, how she healed herself. They gave her immeasurable credibility. I hired her to help my daughter. She told me what she did for herself and what she did for others. What I would love to see you do is just write down what you love to do, what personally, how you helped yourself heal what you did. What Don't Think about this as you're going. This is what goes on your resume, or this is what goes on your website. Don't think about that. Come from your heart. Come from your soul. The number one, the number one step, the first step in overcoming under earning is tell the truth. Tell the truth about what's not working, but tell the truth about what is working. So that's what I want you to do is really sit down and get some quiet time and tell the truth about what you bring to the table, why you have value. And this is not a time for false modesty. It's not a time because right now your self image is of a corporate person. And it's the time to step out of that and see yourself fully as a full healer, as a healer. You are a healer. And ask spirits help to bring in what you bring to the table. And you have this wonderful group of women who know you and Jen, they can give you feedback. Ask them, what do you see in me that I don't see in myself that I can bring to my new chapter?" Okay. How do you feel about that? Carly? Really? I feel
4: good about it um it one of the things we've been working on with me is just like um getting out of that masculine corporate and trying to get into the receiving creative part and so that that's difficult for me just because of years of running in that running on that treadmill and so that sounds very aligned with that um so something I got to work on
1: can you have an affirmation this is going to be so easy this is so easy. I have no trouble thinking of it. Do you believe it? No. Just keep saying, I have no trouble thinking of these things. I have no trouble coming from it. It's so easy. Start like it. telling thank your you. brain to loosen up, to help you go from the masculine to the feminine. Carly, your thank intuition you, your
0: intuition, Carly, is unmatched. Your feminine energy channel is so strong. Just remember what Barbara said about where we learned our parents' beliefs to keep us safe. And sometimes in our families, there's no place for intuition. It's not reliable. You can't prove it. Yours is unmatched.
1: Carly, I bet if you sat down with Jen, then with Emma, then with Tiffany, then with Mindy, and then with Stephanie, then with Laura, and then with Veronica, is that your name? If you sat down with each of them and said, and just listen, tell me what you see in me, my strength, my value, you would have your whole list. And your only job, this is your assignment, your only job, no yes but, no (laughs) argument, is just receiving. Okay. That's your assignment.
4: Thank you.
0: I know what your hot seat is, Carly.
4: (laughs) Oh boy. All right.
0: (laughs) All right. We have time for one more brief question. if, If anyone wants to step forward and, and at the end, I would like to, if anyone has a takeaway, like to go around and tell Barbara, like what is in our heart that we can take with us today? That's, I mean, there's so much. I have pages of notes, and I've read her books, and it's just this. Barbara, your energy transmission is incredible,
1: incredible. So, oh my god, Jen, this feels so good. This feels so good. Thank you.
0: I think Veronica has something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna seal my lips for a second.
5: <coughs> Hi, I'm Veronica. How are you doing?
2: Hi,
5: um, I work with a life coach, and I'm amazed every time I get on a call with Jen. What she's saying, the people that she's having this talk with and interviewing, we're saying the same thing. It's like I came from a very abusive childhood in every aspect, and my whole focus was I just got to survive. You know what I mean? If I can get past my childhood and not die or you know take my own life, then everything is going to be wonderful but of course you know there's all struggles and money has been a big huge struggle because it's always a bit about I have to have another person to help me you know there's got to be two of us and how am I going to do it by myself and that's just past sort of you know the family DNA or you know what we were programmed you my mom was very very codependent on men um and so it just is wonderful and empowering to hear what you're saying and know like that is in alignment with everything that's coming into my life and supporting me to move forward. So,
2: So because I've always had a
5: belief I'm not good enough or pretty, you know, there's always that. There's a lot of that. I think that that's the global sort of societal sort of belief for a lot of females.
1: Well, let me tell you something, unhealed trauma is the biggest factor I have seen, and it's never talked about in the media. Unhealed trauma is the biggest thing that's keeping women from being financially successful. Because anytime you go to do anything that that triggers that old trauma, anytime you feel threatened and it feels unsafe, and everything that I talk about In order to be financially successful means going out of your comfort zone going to where to the unfamiliar to the unknown and your brain just the thinking brain shuts down and the uh the 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 fear center goes into fight flight or freeze it just does have you had trauma therapy not just coaching but trauma therapy
5: i have been a lot yeah i've been doing some of that um I feel like I was really resistant or completely blocked because I was so fearful and just worried about surviving that everything was just so minimal, like as minimal as it could be just to be able to make sure I, I, I was going to be okay and my son was going to be okay. Um, I guess I really haven't gone into the emotional feeling part until I started actually um, talking with Jen and some of the people at the uh, uh, place that I work, which is a wellness sort of place um I don't know that I've specifically done that but I've been in counseling since I was 16 it was court ordered so um for a few years I didn't do it and those were some of the hardest years I think I had uh, especially with relationships with you know partners like males or having any kind of relationship that was an intimate relationship and so there's still things that definitely come up about my self-worth that still that's the hardest or it seems to, and I try, yeah, I hear what you're saying about, my life coach has said the same thing, whatever I'm saying, thinking, doing is co-creating, and so shifting the perception and belief, just it complete, I've seen it, it's been happening to me, you know, things have come my way that I thought, wow, like, all I did was think that maybe I could do something different, and all of a sudden, it just shows up, you know, really quickly. So that's that's
1: been amazing. So I just I I give you a lot of credit Veronica a lot of credit you've come a long way. the fact you're even in this group and you're sharing so vulnerably says you have done a lot of work
2: mm-hmm.
1: you you got this you got this.
0: I know she does. Thank you for recognizing how far she's come That's amazing. everyone in this group so good. Barbara, I'm just want to praise you with gratitude for being Mm. this receptive vessel. And you talk about receptive surrender, and you've done so much of that in your work to bring your books to us, to bring this time together to us. And thank you. I think you're, there's so much knowledge packed in this last hour and 15 minutes, Mm. and we are so grateful. And thank you for helping this mastermind group of women understand like in their femininity, there's power and at our our core, we're abundant and we can just peel away the layers, the trauma we can heal. And that's the part, like we don't have to have the fancy business plans and numbers all figured out. It's we can, but it's at the core of, of who we are that we're abundant and we can get there. So is there one last final message you want to give the women here today and all the women who will listen to this episode?
1: No, I just think it's really good that you're in this group, that you got this level of support and you've got the wisdom. I mean, you all, I can tell, have, are bringing so much wisdom to this group. And then Jen is like a rock star. So yeah, you, you, you all got this. You all
0: got this. Thank you so much, Barbara. Women are medicine. That is something that I always love to say. And your medicine has been powerful. Thank we can't you. thank you enough. Oh,
2: thank
1: you. I appreciate it.
0: How was that episode with seven time author of best selling books, Barbara Hewson? I am so grateful she could be here with us and remind us that at our core, we are wealthy, we are abundant, we are healthy. That is who we're born to be. And whether it comes to your money or your body or your illness or your relationships, your body can heal, your life can heal, your money can heal. So take a, um, a leap over to wwwbarbara huson.com Check out her books, her courses, all that she has to offer that you can dive into beyond this episode today. And as always, thank you for being here on the inspire health by Jen podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review and let us know how this show is impacting your world.